0: Hello and welcome to this GBM Media podcast. You're about to hear Serving Today, a programme for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in any form of Bible teaching, be that one-to-one or in small or larger groups, Serving Today will be relevant for you. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for leaders in the Church of Christ. This is Andrew Cook and I'm delighted to have your company. The Spirit World More from Graham Jones. And we find out about another name of Christ. At the moment we're going through a series about the spirit world. Helping us with this is Graham Jones. And last time, here on Serving Today, he dealt with three questions on Satan and the spirit world. So we were looking at the Bible's teaching on where the spirit world came from. Then, where did evil and Satan come from? And what success does Satan have? We ended with the encouraging thought that when we are trusting in Jesus, we are on the victory side. Well, let's rejoin Graham for two more questions about Satan and the spirit world.
1: Let's think about what does Satan do now? Satan failed to stop Jesus being the saviour. So now Satan seeks to stop people hearing the gospel from coming to know God and from loving and serving God. Satan seeks to turn men and women away from God. He and his evil spirits seek to lead people astray. They want people to follow them rather than follow God. Although we must remember that Satan's power is limited. And where in the Bible do we see this? We see this like in the beginning of the book of Job in chapters 1 and 2, that Satan can only do what God allows. We must also remember too that that Satan and his evil spirits can only be at one place at one time. They do not know the future. It's only God knows what will happen. Satan is not God, it's only God who is all-powerful, present everywhere and all-knowing. We see not only that Satan is a defeated foe, but the Lord has also provided the Christian with the full armour of God to stand against Satan's schemes. We read of this in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10
0: to 18. Let's read verses 10 and 11. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes.
1: When we're trusting in Jesus,
0: we can, with the
1: Lord's help, stand against Satan's fiery darts. We can resist his temptations. We can be strengthened against the fear of evil spirits and their curses. We can turn away from looking to appease our ancestors and look only to
0: Jesus. And what's the final question we're going to think about?
1: Well, lastly, let's think about what will happen to Satan. As we've seen, Satan has already been judged and thrown out of heaven. Satan was defeated at the cross of Jesus Christ. And Satan knows that his time is short. Jesus is seated in heaven and is coming again in power and glory. When Jesus comes, he will banish Satan and all that is evil in this world. In Revelation 20 verse 10,
0: we read of that time. And the devil, who deceived them, was thrown into the lake of burning sulphur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night, for ever and ever. Satan will be for ever in the place he deserves. He
1: and all his evil spirits will be cast into hell for all eternity. Hallelujah! What a great day that will be. But the Bible shows that all those who have followed Satan, all those who have listened to and and followed his evil spirits, they will also be judged and cast into hell as well.
0: It will be day of judgment for the world. And what question should any person be asking themselves here?
1: We should be thinking about the way to be ready for that judgment day. And the way to be ready is to trust in Jesus now to ask him to be your saviour today, to turn from your sin and ask that God will have mercy upon your life now, to stop following the evil one and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Christian believers can look forward to that time when Jesus will send Satan to hell forever. Jesus on the cross has paid for our sins. Jesus has victory over Satan. The sin and misery and death that Satan has brought will be no more. As Revelation chapter 11 verse 15 says,
0: The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign for ever and ever. What a great day that will be for all who are trusting in the Lord
1: Jesus Christ.
0: What wonderful treasures our friend Derek French has been opening up for us in the series on the names of Christ. And this next one is no exception.
2: The description of Christ we're going to consider today is only found in one Bible passage but is nonetheless one that is very important and profound and full of rich instruction for the Christian believer. It's that Christ is our surety or guarantee or guarantor as it is sometimes translated. It's found in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 22. This is what it says. This makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. The word this takes us back to what the writer of Hebrews has been saying in the previous verses. There he's been explaining that Jesus, unlike the Levitical priests of the Old Covenant, is a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And as a result brought a better hope, which the Old Covenant never could, because it made nothing perfect. But through Jesus we draw near to God. Further, this appointment as a priest after the order of Melchizedek was made by an oath, and quoting Psalm 110 verse 4, the writer of Hebrews declares, The Lord has sworn he will not change his mind, you are a priest forever. And it is because of this that Jesus is the guarantee or surety of a better covenant, the new covenant first prophesied by Jeremiah in chapter 31 of his prophecy. Today the Lord Jesus is our high priest in heaven, whoever lives to intercede for us in contrast to the Old Testament priests who died and had to be replaced. Jesus died but rose again and is alive forevermore. So he is a permanent priest because he continues forever. This is why he is called our shorty or guarantor, because he will live forever to represent us before the throne of God. The Greek word that is used means to make a pledge to offer security, to undertake an obligation to another. It is often news when, for example, a young person wants a loan from a bank, but they have no resources that guarantees they will pay the loan back. So they will often ask their parents who may have a property or a large bank balance to act as their shorty or guarantor that the loan will be repaid in full. If the person requesting the loan fails to repay any part of it, then the guarantor steps in and pays it for them. They give the bank the security it needs in order to make the loan. So it is with the Lord Jesus Christ and the believers shorty in heaven. Before we were saved, we were in deep trouble. We owed an enormous debt to Almighty God. And it was a debt we couldn't repay. We had broken God's law again and again and again. We had sinned and resisted his will, squandered his gifts. We were in serious trouble because we had nothing to pay this debt at all. There was nothing in us that could wipe out our guilt and its consequences. We were spiritually bankrupt. But This is where the gospel of Christ is such a blessing. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. For his part, that becoming poor included exchanging the blessedness and glory of heaven for the cross of Calvary, and indescribable suffering as he bore our sin in his body and paid our debt in full on our behalf. It is because he lives that our salvation is guaranteed. He is our surety, and he will live forever, so his salvation will endure forever. Sometimes as believers, our consciences accuse us when in weakness we fail the Lord, and Satan is quick to accuse us before God as he is the accuser of the brethren we read in Revelation 12 verse 10. But when such accusations come before the throne of God, Jesus intervenes as our shorty, our guarantor, and he declares he has paid our debt and therefore there is nothing held against us. Jesus is the most marvellous provision for every true believer. He is the guarantee of our eternal well-being. We are not saved by our good works, but by our Saviour's finished work upon the cross. Had he not fully dealt with sin, he could not have risen from the dead, for sin would have been too great for him to deal with. But praise God, he did rise and lives forever because sin has been paid for in full and he has triumphed over it for us. Jesus has promised to be the guarantor, the surety for his people, and he will never disappoint us. We are saved and secure as long as he lives, and he lives forever. By the Lord's grace we have been made accepted in God's beloved Son, Ephesians 1.6 tells us. This has profound implications for us. First, Christ is the assurance that God will keep his covenant of salvation with his people. His is a better covenant, the new covenant. It's described in Hebrews 8, where its superiority to the Old Covenant is clearly stated. We read there, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant, and so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds, and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach each one his neighbour, and each one his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will be merciful toward their iniquity, and I will remember their sins no more. For the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, God will keep his word. He will be merciful, and forgive our iniquities, and never drag them up against us again, because Jesus has paid the penalty they all deserved. Jesus is the guarantee, the surety of this. Remember, the Hebrews this book was written to were being seriously tempted to go back to the Old Covenant with all its ceremonies and sacrifices and priests. Here the writer tells them and us there is absolutely no need to do that. In fact, it would be suicidal, spiritually speaking. Jesus Christ is all we will ever need. He is our blessed short hope, unlike the Old Covenant priests who died, Jesus lives so is able to save completely those who come to God through him. This in turn brings great assurance and consolation for us. Here is the Father's provision for our salvation and there has never been nor ever will be anyone who is able to save as Jesus does. This means those who are saved can never lose their salvation because Jesus lives eternally in heaven for us. Do you have fears that your salvation will not last? The answer is to look to Jesus. Consider who he is and what he has done for us. There is no better remedy to those fiery arrows of doubt the enemy of souls would fire at us. Look to Jesus. Consider all he has done through his death and resurrection, because he is the guarantee, the surety, that we will be saved. Don't look to yourself and what you have achieved, but look to him and him alone. That's all that is required. Jesus is sufficient. He is our surety, our guarantor of a better covenant.
0: Thanks to Derek. And that brings this edition of Serving Today to a close. Until next time, this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye. May we indeed all look to the Lord Jesus Christ, our guarantee of salvation. That was Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch, you can email us. The address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk Or find us on Twitter at ServingTodayGBM. You can also search our back catalogue from our webpage www.gbm.org.uk forward slash radio. Thanks for listening and goodbye.